This is the Jewish Prayer Podcast. I'm Scott Kahn. We're now going to study Kina number 22, Hacharishu Mimeni Vadabera. Although there are additional keynote that describe the destruction of Jerusalem and the Beit HaMikdash, this is the first of the keynote that we read that moves thematically from the Chorban Habayit in the days of the Romans to a much later event. Here specifically, the massacre of an anonymous German town during the Crusades. The first several paragraphs are filled with gruesome details about the massacre of the Jewish people in this community. The author describes the great faith of the masses who refused to convert to Christianity and chose instead to die al Hashem. He also illustrates, in vivid detail, the look of the corpses and the process by which parents kill their own children in order to avoid the inevitable torture and baptism to which they would have been inevitably led. We do not know to which town the Python refers. Let me read a paraphrased account by a chronicler of the time of what happened in just one city, Trier. This history comes from Constantine's Sword by James Carroll, page 246. It came to pass on the 15th of the month of Nisan. On the first day of Passover, there arrived an emissary to the crusaders from France, an emissary of Jesus named Peter. He was a priest and was called Peter the Prelate. When he arrived there in Trier, he and the very many men with him on his pilgrimage to Jerusalem, he brought with him a letter from France, from the Jews, indicating that in all places where his foot would tread and he would encounter Jews, they should give him provisions for the way. He would then speak well on behalf of Israel, for he was a priest and his words were heeded. When he came here, our spirit departed and our hearts were broken and trembling seized us and our holiday was transformed into mourning. Those are the words of a chronicler who lived at that time. Now James Carroll continues. The Jews of Trier paid Peter as he asked, but the crusaders attacked them anyway. They broke into the Jews' stronghouse and threw the Torah scrolls to the ground. They tore them and trampled them underfoot. The Jews then fled to the bishop, who at first offered to protect them. The bishop's palace stood on the spot where the bishop's residence stands today, abutting the cathedral. The palace was only several hundred yards from the narrow streets where the Jews would have been living. Now again the chronicler. The bishop sent and called to the important men of his city and his ministers. They stood before the gateway of his palace. In the gateway, there was a door like the grate of a furnace. The enemy stood around the palace by the hundreds and thousands, grasping sharp swords. They stood ready to swallow them alive, body and flesh. Then the bishop's military officer and ministers entered the palace where the Jews had taken refuge and said to them, Thus said our Lord the bishop, convert or leave his palace. End quote. In this drama unfolding over a considerable period of time, the bishop had done what he could. Finally, his guard abandoned the palace. Crusaders forced two leaders of the Jews to bow before an image, the cross. When instead the two Jews mocked the cross, they were killed. A Jewish girl stretched her neck outside and said, Anyone who wishes to cut off my head for the fear of my rock, let him come and do so. The uncircumcised did not wish to touch her because the young lady was comely and charming. Rather than convert, the girl escaped from the palace, ran to the Moselle River, threw herself in, and drowned. After these were killed, the chronicler concludes, the enemy saw those remaining in the palace, that they were as firm in their faith as at the outset. The crusaders forced the baptisms of some, but Jewish resistance continued. In time, the evangelizers moved on. Even a history according to Jews would remember this particular contingent of crusaders under Peter as benign, but only compared to what other brigades did in other cities. 
But as the chronicler understands, the incident in Trier was the beginning of an unprecedented turn in the story of Christians and Jews. Crusader attacks on Jews amounted to Europe's first large-scale pogroms. As Carroll explains, this was the very first massacre of Jews during the Crusades, and they only got worse and worse. Beyond the physical destruction, however, the author of Arkina also bemoans another terrible tragedy, the death of the great Torah scholars who lived in the town. Torah Torah Chigrisak, Bit Palshi Bafarim, Evel Yachid Asilach Misbeid Tamrurim. Torah Torah, wrap yourself in sackcloth and wallow in the dust. Mourn as if for an only child, a bitter lament. Al Tovseh Mishotayich Uporseh Michmorim. For those who gripped your oars and spread your nets, sailors and mariners on mighty waters. Those who arranged your arrangements and straightened that which was twisted, uncovered your secrets and revealed your mysteries. Who will level the hills? Who will hew the mountains? Who will solve puzzles? And who will repair breaches? Who will articulate Nazarite vows? And who will assess the value of your pledges? Who will plow your fields now that the farmers are gone? Once in Boston, I heard Rav J.J. Schachter cite Rav Soloveitchik on this point. He explained that while the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash was an immeasurable tragedy, it was not as great a tragedy as the murder of the Balei Tosvot during the Crusades. While the Beit HaMikdash can be rebuilt, the Torah knowledge, the volumes of Tzvarim not yet written, can never be retrieved. That explains a strange line in the Kinah, which cites of all things, Nazir in Nadarim, as I just read. Why do we specifically cry about losing our sages who could instruct us in Nazir and Nidarim? Why did it not mention Hilchot Tfilah or Hilchot Shabbat? Rav Salvechik answers that Masechet Nidarim and Masechet Nazir, as many people know, lacks a proper Perush Rashi. It would have been the role of the Balei Tosfot to write a Rashi-style commentary on these Masechtot. Even to this day, these two Masechtot are unusual because of the atypical Mefarshim on them. The Chochmei HaMesorah, the Baalei Tosfot, could have solved that problem, but they were massacred and were left without the ability to learn these things properly anymore. Thank you for joining me on the Jewish Prayer Podcast.